Welcome to Sales Boost, the Mercury International Podcast. Each episode presents one topic, one expert, taking a fresh perspective on the issues that are changing the face of modern sales. So I'm joined today by uh, Marcus Ayanis, who is responsible for Mercury Research and also the Marketing Director of Mercury International in Sweden. And uh, we're going to be looking at the field of sales management over three 20-minute podcasts. So welcome, Marcus. Perhaps you could start with a brief biography, your history, and how you've come to occupy your current role. Well, I started out my career actually in the in the academy. So I took a PhD at the Stockholm School of Economics, which is one of uh, Europe's uh, top business schools. I wrote a dissertation about uh, organizational leadership. Then eventually I, I found out that perhaps my biggest wish in life was not to stay in the academy and, and write journal articles. I started to work with executive education and felt that there was more use for academic knowledge in business organizations than in the in the academy. So I went outside the academy and I've been working in a couple of different hybrid organizations where we combined academic knowledge with uh, business application. And then eight years ago, I ended up with a company called ProSales. ProSales was specialized in sales management and sales research. And I've been working with ProSales uh, since then, uh, developing services for sales managers, uh, developing their uh, competence uh, and knowledge based upon ProSales research. Okay, so we're going to be discussing um, sales management specifically today. I know you've got a a broader experience than that, but uh, we're going to start at a sort of high level. And basically just sales management itself is... I guess a term that everyone kind of thinks they understand, but it is quite broad. So what's your sort of most concise definition? How do you see sales management? My definition of, of sales management would be that uh, you need to add something as a sales manager that drives uh, sales performance in your sales organization. And that might uh, be a lot of different things. Sometimes perhaps the, the view on sales management is a bit too narrow. Uh, I would say. And uh, there are a lot of things that can contribute to to performance, to sales performance, uh, that a sales manager can add. I mean, you and I have discussed on another occasion this idea of, obviously, that a lot of sales managers come from uh, a kind of sales executive background, and they're sort of promoted as being star sales performers. But if you take a kind of sporting analogy, it's the same way that a lot of top, you know, football players become coaches, but don't achieve the same level of success. So how do you kind of spot the qualities in a sales executive, which you would like to promote up to sales management? Are there certain tells? I'm not sure about that, but I think the, the analogy is, um, is spot on. Uh, and also, if you look at, at sports like, like soccer, for example, a lot of um, the best coaches are actually uh, perhaps not top players from the beginning. Instead, at some point in time, they decided to, to focus their career and develop their competence within management uh, or, or coaching. I think sometimes maybe that's missed out when it comes to sales management. It's kind of assumed that just because you perform well, you meet your quotas, you sell a lot, uh, then you are also uh, someone who's in a good position to lead others. And and that's not always the case. So obviously, I mean, having a, a good understanding of the sales professional is sort of crucial in a sales management role, but it doesn't necessarily indicate that you're going to be a star performer in in both? No, I think you need something extra uh, on top of that in order to perform in a a management position. Are there there particular qualities which you think? Yeah, and 
I think uh, it needs to be discussed from depending on what type of situation you are in as a manager. So sales management, like you said, it's a wide topic. And uh, the way we normally see it is that uh, first you need to start by looking at what kind of um, sales are you in. Mm. So typically we distinguish traditional sales from complex sales. There's a huge difference if you are managing a traditional uh, sales organization with short sales cycles, relatively standardized products, and uh, perhaps a rather high volume of deals, as opposed to if you are managing complex sales organization, which offers solutions, longer sales cycles, higher values, and a complex stakeholder situation at the customers. So those are two completely different situations for a sales manager. So we need to basically, to really understand sales management, we have to look at it at a fairly granular level and say, are we looking at you know, SMBs, we're looking at enterprise, we're looking at different sales cycles, and not just assume it's a one-size-fits-all kind of training program. You can't just go, this will make you a good sales manager. It's specific to that particular role you perform. No, because if, like you say, if, you, if, if you're managing traditional sales, mm. it's uh, a lot about activity. I think it would be a lot about motivation, about driving your salespeople more the traditional view maybe of what sales management is. If you look at complex business, then uh, it's uh, much, I would say the sales management role is a bit more strategic and analytical in the sense that it's much more about analyzing each deal, qualifying, deciding which moves to make in the next step, and uh, then coaching your salespeople in, in this process. And perhaps that, that's something that's forgotten sometimes. This idea of kind of managing versus doing, I understand that obviously there, as we've discussed, there are these variations in the kind of sales manager role people need to perform. But how hands-on should a good sales manager be? How do you know when to draw the line between sort of micromanaging and being supportive for your sales teams? I think the, the way it looks uh, among a lot of our customers and uh, uh, the sales managers we have been working with uh, during the years it's very common that even though you, you have sales management or a sales director position in a fairly large organization, you are heavily involved uh, also in engaged customers closing deals, sometimes perhaps to a bit too large extent. I think for many sales managers and sales directors, it would, would be valuable to take a step back and perhaps not be 100% involved directly in deals. But, but it's, it's, it's quite typical that it becomes like this, because if you're promoted based upon being a successful salesperson, it's sort of natural to, to stay uh, in that practice and continue doing the deals. And, and also, back, yeah. <laughs> most sales organizations um, cannot lose that, that resource, but they also want a managerial resource. But it, I think it's uh, in order to really add value, you cannot devote all of your time to continue as an advanced top sales rep. Is this sort of the difference, I guess, between, I mean, I see these terms used some, somewhat interchangeably, but the idea of like a sales manager versus a sales leader, as in that you're also inspiring your team and motivating them? Yeah, uh, maybe I would say that there's too little both of sales management and sales, sales leadership <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in, in many places. So there are things that is your responsibility in a management position that will take a lot of time, a lot of effort, and will bring a lot of value, uh, much more value than if you stay in the sales process doing deals. 
basically a good sales management program will attach a tangible value to your various activities. You'll be able to analyze it and go, where can you actually generate revenue and benefit for the company best? Yes, that, that would perhaps be a, one way of putting it. Mm. On a sort of related topic in terms of becoming a successful sales manager, let's think about the role of technology in this, because obviously that's been I mean, hugely disruptive to the world of sales. And we'll, we'll drill down into this in, in more detail in the next episode. But what particular role or benefits that does intelligent technological usage have for the sales manager, like CRM sales pipelines? You can look at it from, from really two perspectives. Then, if, if we speak in terms of what a sales manager should do and shouldn't do, and this is perhaps one area in which sales managers should direct more attention. And one reason is that technology can add a lot to make their work easier. It can add transparency, instant access to information, will make it easier to, to coach and lead uh, your sales rep if you've got that access uh, to really strong applications and first-hand data. The other perspective is that it's also important to, to understand what role technology can have in, in simplifying life for your sales reps. And I would say that that's an enormous uh, task to orient around all the available applications on the, on the sales app market. The, the past 10 years, more than 7,000 applications have been added to this area of sales technology. And a larger and larger part of the, the sales manager's work is to, to keep up to date and orient uh, around this available technology and see what kind of applications do you have out there that can uh, make life easier for me as well as my sales reps? How do you see the, the roles of the sales managers differing across different sizes of organization as well in terms of are there specific different skills which are required for small sales teams versus kind of large enterprise scale teams? Yeah, we, we have the same difference here that uh, if we take the first, the first example then of someone managing a, a small sales team, I would say that the skills that you need as a sales manager in that situation is more related to managing people, keeping them engaged, committed, close and direct coaching, which our research has shown gives a, a huge impact on sales performance. Whereas if you are a manager or a director in a larger organization, typically what you manage is not sales reps, but uh, you manage a group of regional sales managers, which constitute somewhat different, different challenges. So do you think there are certain personality types that are particularly suited to sales management? With time, I think uh, what has changed in the sales area that it has become so much more complex. And with that complexity, I would say today you gain more from also adding an, sort of an analytical quality to, to your personality. There is much more information to consider. You gain less impact from being engaging and motivating. And I would say today you gain more from adding analytical qualities understanding technology, understanding what kind of role data plays in, in, your, in your sales process. Still, of course, you cannot be unengaging and, and <laughs> there's still a lot of room for and, and need for keeping your, your salespeople motivated, but it's not sufficient anymore to just be that motivation guy. So you have to wear multiple hats, really. So you have to be charming, engaging, driven, 
a great motivator and have a profound understanding of business intelligence tools. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's tough. <laughs> do, do you think it's one of the, the, more, the more challenging roles in a company? Yes. We, we typically say that uh, among the C-level functions, in many aspects, sales is one of, the, one of the most challenging. Those who have met and worked a lot with sales managers also know that uh, their calendar is one of the hardest to get into. They are constantly overbooked and they work 120% at least. Mm. So yes, it's, it's definitely a challenging position. The sales function was one of the last functions that was put under effectivization pressure. So today we, we speak about the sort of the leanification of sales. Mm. All the other functions have already gone through this with um, you know, production, uh, logistics, all the business support functions. Everything has been uh, digitalized. It has been rationalized, went through process effectivizations. Uh, and it's like the sales function was the last one to go into this. But, but right now, there's a lot of transformative pressure on the sales function, which also makes it challenging too. And, but also interesting and fun to be in a sales management position today, I think. I guess in manufacturing, you've got things like the kind of 5S kind of Kaizen methodology of continuous incremental improvement. And, you know, what happens if we move this toolbox you know, two feet to the left kind of thing? How do we improve process the whole time? And I suppose that to an extent, there is a, there's a contradiction in sales in that one of the qualities you're encouraging in your best sales executives is a certain independence, a certain sort of creativity. But then you're also having to put that under the microscope as to how that can be improved. Right. And, and, and again, I, I think that's perhaps more of a, of a traditional view that it's an, uh, sort of an, an art. It's about sort of personality and so on. But we have a saying that we, we say that the sales always has been and, and increasingly will be a numbers game. It's about the statistics. It's about the level of activity, the conversion rates, the hit rates, and being on top of all that, that uh, data. Mm. Uh, so it's, uh, just, it could just as easily be, be analyzed and made more effective as uh, a production chain or a logistics chain. It's just the case that for some reason it happened in uh, production and logistics decades ago, and it's not until now that management has actually started to, to consider, uh, well, what is the level of uh, efficiency and, and the productivity that, that we deliver in, in sales? Mm. Well, I remember like from my, my time in sales a while ago, I would have liked to think that, okay, I'm going to make this particular sale because of my you know, winning personality and et cetera. But when I actually looked back on it, it was like that quote about the guitarist, uh, Spanish guitarist Segovia, you know, 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. And I realized that actually, it was down to preparation. It was down to basically my understanding of the customer yeah. and actually getting the numbers right. We analyzed that in a survey we made a couple of years ago where we analyzed personality scales according to the, the big five personality model, trying to examine which of those that actually drove sales performance. And your expectation would be that your level of extroversion would be important. Mm -hmm. And what we found out was that, well, extroversion is important to, to a certain extent, but the key scale that actually drove sales performance was something called consensusness. Being hardworking, always meeting your deadlines, doing the, the hard work. Uh, and that turned out to be uh, really decisive for, for sales performance. So it's really sort of a boring uh, answer, but also scientifically proved. And that, that also shows that what, what happens when you, when you are a bit, a bit more curious, a bit more analytical, you can learn a lot of uh, uh, 
important stuff uh, as a sales manager. Today, I think it's the competition is really hard to stay on, on top and uh, stay competitive. You need that, that extra knowledge in order to uh, stay alive. On that note, I mean, what would be your sort of top tips for a sales manager to improve? If they just had to sit down and go, okay, there's three things I'm going to do today to make my function better and, and bring a benefit to the company. Where would you start? You need to start with looking at what kind of customers are you serving, in which way are they buying, and think about do we have different types of customers that are buying in different ways, but we are still serving them in the same way. Because then that's sort of the first source of loss in performance. Mm. The first thing as a, as a sales manager would be to reconsider your segmentation of, of customers. Important then also to add when we speak about segmentation is that it's not segmentation in a, in a traditional sense that you segment by geography or size or industry. But what, what is important is that you segment according to buying behavior. So customers who are buying in a traditional way, they, they're short buying cycles, uh, they buy relatively small values, relatively standardized products. They belong to a certain logic that needs to be served in, in a certain way, in a traditional way. Whereas customers that buy larger solutions uh, that are customized, longer sales cycles, more people involved, they belong to another logic, a complex logic that needs to be served in a different way. The first mistake you can do is to, to throw your sales reps into both of these logics with the same tools. Because you, you can easily see that everyone who has been in sales know that you have these easy customers, uh, the, the short-cycle short, short customers, that, and if you mix them up with larger deals, and uh, then it will weaken your, your efficiency. It will, it will break down your, your system. It's much easier if you can, as a sales rep, can work with a certain type of, of deals, a certain type of customers and specialize in that. That's the first. And then, well, the second thing uh, would be to reconsider your, your sales process to begin with, to see, well, how, how established and outspoken and how visualized is your sales process? Everyone thinks they have a sales process. Everyone thinks that the sales reps are following it. But very often when you start digging into this with customers, you can see that on one hand, the sales reps doesn't really know what it looks like. And not a lot of work has been done from, from management side to, to formalize this and, and, and visualize it. And especially then, if you work in complex sales, it's extremely important to have a very clear transparent and communicated sales process for one thing in order to make sure that you don't push all deals through the sales process a certain amount of those deals are not worth proceeding with you need to have qualification milestones where you disqualify the deals that are just not worth uh, continuing with so the sales process a transparent one is also something that that would be my second tip also something you would benefit a lot from when you move into a new CRM, or if you want to improve the way you work with the CRM, that you have a clear view on how you run your, your customers through uh, the sales process. The third tip would be to really consider if you have the right people in your sales organization in relation to what kind of business you're doing. So if you, if you have a traditional business, you work with traditional sales, you need one type of, of sales reps one type of profile. Whereas if you're in complex sales and you work with complex deals, then you need a different kind of, of profile, a different kind of, of sales rep 
and it's rare that uh, you would find uh, all of these qualities in the same salesperson. So again, the sales logics is something to be considered when you find resources for the sales organization as well. The right people in the right place. My final question would be about how do we measure the impact of good sales management? Obviously, we have the idea of you know, sales, conversions, etc. But are there other ways of looking at, okay, this is a good sales management uh, team or program? I think, of course, it's always the, the top line, uh, the revenue, that it's, it's what it's important for sales manager to consider. But I think today, in most types of, of sales, it's really hard to find uh, good salespeople. So I would say that a second performance metric that you would keep an eye on if you're a CEO is also to what extent you manage to keep your, your salespeople in the organization mm. because it's extremely resource demanding to onboard, to begin with, to find new people, to get them productive. So you cannot only look at, at the top line growth, but you also need to reconsider uh, to what extent you have a sort of a sustainable sales organization with people that will stay there for, for a longer time and contribute to your organization. So it's just as much a performance challenge as it is a talent management challenge. So you have to look at both the, kind of the micro and the macro in terms of the long-term view and the short-term return as well. So it's, yeah, it's uh, challenging, I think it's fair to say. Well, that's great, Marcus. Many thanks for that. And uh, I feel enlightened. And uh, we'll be discussing in the next episode a bit more detail and a bit of time traveling. So we'll be looking at sales management today in more detail and uh, where we've come from over the last uh, few years or decades and also explore where we're going with it. So looking at the future of sales management and what it holds. But uh, many thanks again. Thank you. If the topics discussed in this podcast have given you more questions, get in touch with us and we'll do our best to get you the answers.